Welcome back to the Top 2 Pod, where we give you everything you need to win your fantasy championship. My name is Matt Hicks. I'll be your host. And as always with me is Eric Adams. Good to be back, everybody. All right. And joining us today, we're very excited. We have a special guest, Josh Paget. How's it going, Josh? Not too bad, fellas. All right, we're excited to have Josh in here. If you've been following along on top2sports.com, like you should be, you'll notice Josh has been uh, working on our rookie coverage here. He's written two articles so far detailing the first and second rounds of the NFL Fantasy Rookie Draft. But we're excited today. We're going to jump in and we're going to do a full first round mock draft of the NFL Draft. Um, so we're going to go through, we're going to take turns um, uh, assuming the roles of the different teams here. So we're excited, but before before we jump into that, as always, we got to start with two off the top. So, Eric, you want to start us off today? Unfortunately, yes, I will. And as the resident Patriots fan of the group, ah, this is painful. Um, I got to give credit where it's due. I did not really uh, believe in any sense, way, shape, or form that Nick Foles would be able to beat the Patriots. That was foolish. Offense is legit. Alshon Jeffrey, whew, my lord. I, I, by the end of the game yesterday, my man crush for Alshon Jeffrey grew like three sizes. Just uh, an unbelievable performance on offense. I don't even think we stopped him once on third down. And you want to know how to beat the Patriots in the biggest of games? You got to take it from them. That's what Brandon Graham did. Uh, I'm not going to praise the Eagles' defense too much because I don't think anybody even knew what defense was in that game. But credit where credit's due. Philly deserved it. They were the better team. And, uh, yeah, moving on to next year. All right, Josh. All right, Josh, give us your take. Oh, man. Super Bowl-wise, um, yeah, Eagles played their brains out and the Patriots played, you know, a regular game, in my opinion. They, they played really well, but they didn't have enough to get it done in the end. Um, don't feel sorry for them as a Colts fan, but Sorry, Eric can feel sorry for him. Yeah. Uh, my, my two off the top is going to be uh, this Blake Griffin trade. I absolutely cannot believe the Clippers organization, you know, spent five to seven years on Blake Griffin and, you know, tossed him aside like a dirty old rag. <laughs> he gave that organization everything that they wanted and, you know, they never could get it done, but man that just doesn't sit right with me it doesn't doesn't seem like the uh right way to end that relationship yeah um and so i'll i'll transition right into my two off the top then because it has everything to do with bad relationships and um we have to talk about it the kirk cousins alex smith trade that went down last week it happened i think just just after our recording so it may sound late to us but we got to talk about it um and I know Kirk Cousins probably wasn't going to re-sign with that team because they treat him like a dirty rag, even though they shouldn't because he is a very legitimate franchise quarterback. Um, but what what really is uh, ticking me off is that is this talk that he may they may franchise franchise tag him, uh, which is just ridiculous. So uh, they're going to tag him possibly to make it so they can pick where he goes. Basically, trade him, still get some assets for him. Uh, which is absolutely uh, ludicrous. They've already wasted two years of this man's career, just absolutely disrespected him as a quarterback, and now they want to try to continue to hold him back by franchise tagging him and controlling the team that he ends up going to. 
Um, so if for some reason you didn't already think Dan Snyder was the most ridiculous owner in sports by the fact that he still avidly defends the Redskins logo, um, which is just ridiculous in and of itself, you now know that he's also a terrible person when he deals with his players. So um, that is my rant. As far as the Super Bowl goes, I'll say that I was in a situation where I didn't really get to sit down and analyze the game. Um, And I'm actually okay with that because as long as my team isn't in it, I really think that we have to recognize that the Super Bowl is more of like this entertainment corporate piece than like, you know, the nitty gritty football that we get week in and week out. So, yeah, I was watching it on a big projector, but it was a very social situation. Eric, I know you had a similar situation like that. It's hard unless your team is in it, but... um, I will regress from ranting. Um, We're going to go ahead and transition into the meat of the show today. Uh, So I mentioned earlier that we are going to go through one by one and pick as if we are the team that's on the clock. So before the Cleveland Browns are officially on the clock here, I want to remind everybody you can follow us on Twitter at Top2Sports. The podcast specifically is at Top2Pod on Twitter. You also can follow uh, me at Top2Matt as well as Eric, Top2Eric. And I'd be remiss to mention that you can follow uh, Josh here at jpaget94 on Twitter. That's uh, J-P-A-D-G-E-T-T-9-4. So a great great Twitter account here. We'd appreciate you giving him a follow as well. I mentioned that he writes for us. He also is a member of Dynasty Dorks, a crew that I have a lot of respect for. So really appreciate Josh coming on here and sharing his rookie insight with us. But with that, I've talked enough. Josh, the Cleveland Browns are on the clock with the number one pick in the 2018 draft. Wow. Um, this is a tough one. Um, with all of the speculation with Darnold and Rosen and who's going to go number one and whether the Browns are you know allowed to pick Rosen or if he's going to throw a little hissy fit, um, I think all of that's overblown. I think the Browns will go ahead and take Rosen as the most polished quarterback, the best quarterback in this class. Um, I think he deserves to go number one, and um, I think when everything's said and done, he will. Uh, I think he opens their playoff window sooner than any of the other quarterbacks that are on the board. All right, so that's Josh Rosen off the board, the first quarterback off the board. Uh, Josh, did you have any thought of the taking Josh Allen here, or are you not buying into his hype? I have a lot of trouble with Josh Allen. Um, he needs coaching, and the Browns don't have that. Um, not at the quarterback position. They've proven that year after year. So uh, I have a lot of trouble picking somebody who's going to be more of a project. He's got all the arm talent, um, but I, I just don't trust the Browns to coach him up. Eric, who's your top quarterback in this class? Uh, I, you know, it's weird. I don't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird year. There's no slam dunk prospect to me. I like Baker because he's like a spark. But other than that, I think he's too short. I think uh, I think Josh Allen is like a slow motion quarterback. He literally throws like. And the same thing with Darnold. I think Darnold looks kind of slow. So it's just. And I mean, I mean, arm motion too. I'm not talking about speed. I don't really care about speed, but. Just I, I'm not in love with any of these guys. It's really it's a rough year for quarterbacks, which is weird because there's like seven of them. In the end, so I many quarterbacks. Jackson, 
I could see Lamar Jackson actually being the best one out of all of them. Yes, I love that. I love that take. I, love that. I, I hope it's right. I mean, oh, uh, I think he, I think he's got a good shot if he goes to the right spot. Look at that. We're all on the same page with Lamar Jackson. I dig that. Good pod. Good pod. all right so uh cleveland browns have picked which means the new york giants are on the clock at number two i'll go ahead and pick for the new york giants here this is a very tough pick and i think if there's the one pick in the top four or five spots that's the least predictable it's the giants they have a lot of different needs here um, I think the top need that they have is offensive line, but that doesn't make a lot of sense right here. You could take Quentin Nelson at guard, but that's taking guard second overall is borderline insane. Um, I mean, the next tackle off the board, probably, you know, you're looking at Orlando Brown, Connor Williams, but neither one of those guys justify the second pick overall. Um, and of course, you have Saquon Barkley sitting there just tempting you. I think that if the Giants do take somebody at two, they take Saquon Barkley um, just because of the pure upside. But that terrifies me. So with the Giants pick, I'm actually trading out of the pick. Um, I'm going to trade with the Miami Dolphins, who are too scared at 11 to sit back and wait for a quarterback that they can use to replace Ryan Tannenhill. So Tannenhill, if you don't know, they can um, release him for about $4.2 million, I believe is the number, in dead cap, uh, which is the cheapest they can get out of his deal. It would have been $24 million any other year before this. So, And coming off the knee injury, he hasn't really shown that he could be a franchise quarterback before that knee injury. He was kind of getting there, but... I think the Dolphins don't waste this opportunity here. Um, they probably have to give up a future first-round pick um, and probably the 43rd overall, that second-round pick, to slide up to two, possibly even a later-round fourth or fifth-rounder as well. So I think the Giants make the smart move here. We'll talk more about who they pick later on, but they're going to slide down, and the Miami Dolphins are going to take Sam Darnold, second overall. Um, and this is who I think they're going to take. I actually don't love Darnold. Watching his game film, film he just he doesn't look like he has it and I get the raw skills and the development so maybe Miami takes that time to develop him and make him something better so yeah I agree with the the Dolphins well not that the Dolphins trading up I agree with I agree with the Giants trading back I think that's easily the smartest move but if they were to stay in that spot they would take some Colin Barkley I I don't think you should be upset about that at all I they need a running back even though I do love Orleans Darkwa, he's a free agent. Uh, I understand they don't have offensive line, but with the trade back, I would take Saquon Barkley with the Colts. Listen, this is, if Luck is healthy and they take Saquon, my lord, that could easily quell all of their offensive line problems. I'm not going to say it's going to, like, miraculously make them not give up all these types of sacks. They definitely still need players on the O-line, but if they took Saquon... I think that takes a huge load off of uh, Luck, and I, I want them to take Squan. I want to see Squan in Indianapolis working with Josh McDaniels and Luck and Hill and, and whoever they inevitably add at wide receiver because they definitely need at least one more wide receiver. So with that, uh, the Cleveland Browns are on the clock. Josh, what do you got again? <laughs> well, as a Colts fan, I'm going to chime in on Barkley. Um, I love the pick. Uh, everybody wants us to take Chubb on the defensive line. Um, I'm not sold on him. I'd rather have Barkley. I think you're right. I think he solves a lot of our offensive problems. I think he takes a lot of pressure off luck without having to draft two more linemen, which is really what we need. Um, anyways, moving along to the Browns. Um, 
you know, that Brown's ownership of their front office is salivating over Saquon Barkley and the thought of having Rosen and Barkley. But they can't have him thanks to the Colts here. So they're going to take the best player on the board, which is going to be Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, this kid can play uh, all, all positions on the defensive back. Um, really, I think in the NFL he's probably a safety with the ability to cover tight ends and running backs on, in the slot if that's you know necessary. Um, I think that... You know, they wanted this in Jabril Peppers last year, and they're going to get it now in Minka. All right. All right. I like that pick. Um, I I agree with the um, Fitzpatrick being one of the most talented players in the draft, and that's really what Cleveland needs here. They just need to keep investing in players that they know are going to hit. They've had too many misses in the past. So a good safe pick here for Cleveland at four. Um, at five, I'm making the assumption, if, you, if you've listened to the first two episodes of this podcast, you know that I am wholly invested in Kirk Cousins going to Denver. We're now one step closer to that. So this pick is going to assume that Kirk Cousins is going to sign with Denver. So they're not going to draft a quarterback. They're going to go Quentin Nelson. They're going to give him some support on the line. It's going to really help um, offset that need there. Um, and he, Quentin Nelson will be the highest drafted lineman um, at number five for the Denver Broncos. Eric, you're on the clock with the New York Jets. I, I said Baker's a spark, and uh, that's what the Jets need. Listen, uh, McCown had a good year. You're not going anywhere with Josh McCown. So Baker Mayfield in New York can either go one of two ways. It's either going to work out really well, and he could be the quarterback of the future for the Jets, long needed, what they've been looking for for so many years, or you're going to get Johnny Menzel 2.0. That's exactly what you're going to get. Which is going to be awful. (laughs) I would love to watch that, but I think if the Jets have the chance to take Baker there, or just any quarterback, the Jets... They should take a quarterback. They really, they need to do something there with the quarterback position because they could have him sit behind McCown for like another year or two. I think that'll get him ready, I guess. And then you just got to hope. That's basically what the Jets are built on right now. But wouldn't it make you feel warm and fuzzy if they signed McCown for another year? Yes, it would make me feel warm and fuzzy. I would love that. All right, Josh, the Tampa Bay Bucks are on the clock. I'm going to chime in on Baker, too. Um, I think that he needs to start right away if he ends up in New York. I think McCown's got to go. Um, even if he does make mistakes in his rookie year, that only helps him long term if they secure a higher draft pick. Um, McCown's going to help them win games, and that's not what they need. Um, I think Baker, when he goes to the draft, should be wearing a Joe Namath style fur coat. That would be amazing. Um, at number seven, I have the Buccaneers taking Bradley Chubb, who's had a little bit of a mini slide here. Everybody thought he was going top five. Uh, there's a good chance that he will. He is the uh, the best defensive lineman in the draft. Everybody loves his pass rushing ability. I I can see it, but I, I think I think he translates better to a uh, 4-3 defensive end than a 3-4 defensive end, and I think a lot of a lot of people are going towards that. Uh, Three, four, and I think that that's going to kind of drop his his usability a little bit because I don't see him 
as a stand-up pass rusher very well. So I really like that Bradley Chubb pick here. Um, he's easily the top um, defensive lineman here in the draft, so for him to even slide to seven is good value for the Bucks. At eight, I'm kind of going against the kind of consensus pick from the fantasy football community that I've seen a lot here. Um, a lot of Denzel Ward, defensive back, defensive help. I think the Bears have a decent defense. Um, that's not where they need to build. They need to build on offense. They need to support Trubisky. They need to get the pressure off Jordan Howard so he doesn't have to rush the ball 25, 35 times a game. They're going to reach. They're going to take the best wide receiver in the draft, and they're going to take Calvin Ridley. Um, and again, I know... Ridley could go as far down as 20, but he's just the best raw talent out there at the wide receiver position, and that hurts because he's from Alabama, and I have to say that, but I'm just going to let that go and let Eric pick for the 49ers at ninth overall. I, I, you know, I definitely, I definitely see the Bears taking a wide receiver. <laughs> they need a wide receiver. Right. Maybe more than any team in the NFL, so uh, moving on. With the Niners, I haven't taken Derwin James, strong safety. Uh, I believe Eric Reed is the strong safety in San Francisco. To be honest, I, if, if Ridley wasn't the pick before this, I would have pegged him to go to San Francisco, another team that needs a wide receiver. But Derwin James, real athletic. Uh, they continue to get better on the defensive side of the ball. I think they hit on their picks last year. Ruben Foster's really good. And the lineman, uh, I can't remember the D lineman's name. Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas, he's a monster. Uh, I definitely think if they take Derwin James, they're going to just add another layer to that defense. They're going to continue to get better. I think the Niners are going to be a real surprise team next year. Nice. So now we're on to the Oakland Raiders at number 10. Uh, yeah, I like that Derwin James pick a lot. Um, John Lynch, safety himself, he's, he's going to fall in love with him as he sees him at the combine. Absolutely. Got the connection. At number 10, uh, I'm going to have the Raiders taking Roquan Smith. Um, the fan, just the entire draft community knows this pick is coming. It's really easy to see. I mean, this kid is, is fast sideline to sideline. He's super athletic. He fills all the holes. Um, really adds a lot of athleticism to that Raiders defense. I think he's the perfect player to put behind Khalil Mack. Mack is that pass rusher, and, and Smith is that coverage linebacker who you know, he's a heavy hitter. He's fast in space. You know, perfect compliment for Mac, in my opinion. Yeah, great player, great name. I just love that Roquan Smith. I want to name my kid Roquan. I don't think that'll fit. Roquan Hicks? You don't like it? No. You kind of like it now. All right. All right. So this time I will pick with the Giants. So they're on the clock at number 11 overall. Remember, I traded that pick down um, from the Dolphins. Um, and the Giants are going to get the guy they need, Connor Williams, tackle. Um, and so the Giants are going to actually take what they need, not what they want, not what looks shiny, Shaquan, Saquon Barkley. Um, he's just he looks very shiny, but we need to resist. Um, and then what they'll do instead is they'll use that extra second-round pick that I had them picking up from Miami, and then they'll look at Chubb or Mitchell in the second round to still fill that running back need without taking that high risk. Um, so with that said, the, we're going to move on to Eric. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock at 12. So, I, I got them taking a tackle in Orlando Brown. I'm no offensive line expert. I don't really know 
what the Bengals need. Actually, you know what? That's a complete lie. I know exactly what the Bengals need. They need to fire Marvin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? I, I, I'm not even going to defend this pick. I'm not even going to go into detail on this pick. Buffalo Bills, you're on the clock. Josh, all you. I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about the Bengals. Josh, before you pick, I do just have to point out that, Eric, you don't need to be an expert on offensive line to know that Orlando Brown is at 6'8", 360 pounds. That's, uh, I just need to throw that out there. You sold me. You sold me. There you go. Bengals, you got a 6'8", guy. You're better. You're smarter than you think you are, Eric. There we go. That's what I've been hearing. <laughs> All right, Josh, you're on the board. Sorry. Uh, so the Redskins are on the board at 13. Um, since we've already broken the trade barrier, I'm going to have them trade back as well. Um, I love this. I love this. I'm excited. That Smith trade, I really like it for them. You know, um, he's a guy who can who can get them to the playoffs if they build this, a strong enough team around him, which I think they have a shot at doing. So they're gonna they're gonna trade down and pick up some extra assets. Um, the Bills are going to move up from one of their spots at 21-22 here, and they're going to pick Josh Allen. Um, I think that with two first-round picks, the Bills are really looking hard at a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor's had some injury concerns. Um, if they like Nathan Peterman, they like Josh Allen. Josh Allen. That is the worst testimony I've ever heard for a player. Allen is inaccurate, but, you know, he, he solves that with arm talent and, and just, you know, looking the part. Peterman is just, you know, all the negatives of Josh Allen and none of the positives. So I think that they get a, a very good quarterback here. And it, as long as Tyrod Taylor leaves town and, and, they, and they give Allen 16 games to really play and they don't bench him and put him back in and bench him and put him back in. I think he'll he'll really start to succeed by the end of the year. I love that pick. And and Eric, I'll let you talk a little bit because Josh Allen is such a polarizing player, but I'm I'm all in on Josh Allen. I love this pick. I think it would be smart for the Bills to use one of those picks to trade up. Um what camp are you in, Eric? Yay or nay on Allen? Listen, like I said, I'm not in love with any of the quarterbacks, but one thing Allen does have that I like, it seems like he's got a big arm. That could come in handy. I mean, I I can't really. I, the Bills definitely need a quarterback. They're, I I don't see Tyler Taylor coming back. Nathan Peterman's definitely not the answer. Uh, you know, Josh, you put the idea into my mind. You have given me this idea of a movie of a road trip between with Josh Allen and Nathan Peterman, where they just trek across the U.S. <laughs> this is a movie that I never knew I wanted to see, but now I want to see it. So. Yeah. What? Why are they going across country though? Like, what is the? No idea. I guess Nathan Peterman's gonna pick good old buddy Josh Allen up, and they're gonna head to the combine, and then they'll get into some mischief, and then they'll end up on, I don't know, probably the Bengals. But who knows? All right, I'm just gonna run with this and say it's like it's um it's gonna be like National Treasure '74. It's just gonna be like there's gonna there's gonna be looking for treasure of some sort. That works. And then we get Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Um, Nicholas Cage is the third piece of that puzzle. <laughs> yes, yes, oh, what a puzzle. Um, you know what? I want Nathan Peterman as the guy who holds up like the signs on the sideline. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he's a great sign holder, like a clipboard. 
I don't want them throwing passes for my team. But we'll get back on track here. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are on the clock at 14. I'm going to take Denzel Ward, uh, cornerback. I won't expand too much out of that um, other than he could have easily gone to the Bears at 8. And so I think the Packers get a good value here. Uh, one of the more talented defensive backs um, in the draft. So I'm... As much as I love what Josh did at 13, I even more love what Eric's about to do at 15. Ladies and gentlemen, I am doing this to keep Larry Fitzgerald in the league, so side with me here. Uh, At 15, I have the Cardinals taking Lamar Jackson. Yes. Yes. Please, Cardinals, make it happen. This would be an awesome, awesome offense to watch. You have... Lamar at quarterback, you got David Johnson at running back, and you got Larry and John Brown. Oh my god, it's all so fun. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't really know how much of a uh, QB guru Steve Wilkes is. Is that his name? Steve Wilkes? I think so. Wilkes, right? Yeah. Oh god, I hope this. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Lamar in Arizona, that strikes me as a nice fit. Probably won't happen because, you know, with all my drafts, but. It would be great because that mean I think that would mean Larry Fitzgerald stays. Uh, please make it happen, Arizona. That's all I. That's all I really want. Moving on to 16 with Josh uh, picking for the Baltimore Ravens. What do we got? Uh, okay. Well, Larry Fitzgerald did sign a one-year extension, so he's sticking around. Uh, I think they do find him a quarterback. I don't know if it's in round one. Uh, I really hope it's Lamar Jackson as well. Um, if Lamar Jackson does go there, I think Bruce Arians comes back, knocks on the door, and says, uh, Steve Oaks, get out of here. I want to coach Lamar Jackson. <laughs> because uh, interesting fact of the day, if you go back and you look at Virginia Tech's uh, college records for rushing TDs in a season, you will see Mike Vick's name second on the list. I love this stat. To Bruce Arians. Yes. Bruce Arians has the most rushing touchdowns in a season at a school Michael Vick went to. So... And and let's not let's not forget that Marcus Vick also went to Virginia Tech, also a very good quarterback. Also, yeah. <laughs> should come back, bang down the door, draft Lamar Jackson, and it just Arizona's offense will be so much fun to watch. It'll be like watching a bunch of high schoolers go out there and try to play in the NFL. Oh. And do you know what you call that draft day two? If we're talking about movies. Yeah, so <laughs> get Costner in here. Anyways, back to uh, the Ravens at 16. Another very, very wide receiver needy team. I really can't see them going any other direction with this pick than wide receiver. Um, it really depends on, on how they get, how they think they can do in free agency, but, but I'm going Sutton. He's my wide receiver one in this class. Um, he's big, athletic, fits the bill of a wide receiver one. I think he comes in there gives Bill Flacco something to actually throw to that doesn't have bricks on his hands for Sean Perryman. Um, I, I think that uh, they really get a value here, and he becomes a, a Julio Jones type of one, number one wide receiver. Yeah, um, and I'll expand on that here as the uh, Baltimore, uh, Baltimorean, I forget, I don't know actually what we call ourselves, but I, I do live in Baltimore here, and I'll say that I think the majority of people here are rooting for Calvin Ridley, so in this draft, getting Cortland Sutton is the next best thing, so I like that pick. 
Um, at 17, I'm going to take Tremaine Edmonds, uh, linebacker, and that's going to be for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I won't expand on this too much, but just watch the tape for yourself. Extremely athletic. Um, he's a linebacker, but he can drop back into coverage very nicely. Uh, but I'm more impressed by the burst. When he is blitzing and moving into the backfield, I mean, he just collapses on a play. So uh, just a great raw talent right there. Um, and we'll move on to Eric. The Seattle Seahawks are on the clock with the 18th overall pick. Yeah, I took uh, Marcus Davenport, defensive end, for the Seahawks. This season, it seemed like the Seahawks were dropping like flies on the defensive line. Uh, not sure of Cliff Averill or Michael Bennett's situation. They have Sheldon Richardson. He's a ticking time bomb. I just think they need bodies. Marcus Davenport's a good player. I also like the next guy who's about to get picked as well uh, by the Dallas Cowboys with Josh. So I guess I'll let you jump into that. But uh, Seahawks... They, de- they definitely need bodies on the defensive line. I definitely think that's an area of need. So, Josh, you're on the clock with Dallas Cowboys at 19. Yeah, the injury bug has really hit those Seahawks. Um, worried about both of their safeties, Thomas and Chancellor, with some big injuries. Um, the defensive side of the ball there is really hurt. Russell Wilson's carrying that team. So they're just, yeah, they're going to need to find some bodies. Um, Cowboys are going to take Maurice Hurst at 19. Um there's a lot of good D-linemen in this class, especially interior. Um, Taven Bryan, you know, some of these other guys. I like Hurst the best out of all of them. You know, we've seen it for four years in Michigan. Kids really played out of his mind, you know, in, in the Big Ten. There's there's not much to say. I'm not a, not a big D-line guy, but, you know, everything I've seen on tape from him is exactly what you want to see. Quick hands, power, you know, greatest stuff in the run. You know, he's an average pass rusher, but that's not what you're asking him for right there in the middle of that Dallas defense. All right, I dig it. And um, sitting at 20 here with the Detroit Lions, I was just waiting for Eric to take the guy that I wanted here because I think he could also make a lot of sense in Seattle. But finally, off the board at 20th overall, is going to be Darius Geis, running back at LSU. Um, So most years, he could easily be the number one overall running back here. Just a pure talent, a much more of a a strength-based running back, a heavy hitter. Um, Just looks for contact. Um, And that's exactly what Detroit needs. Yeah, I had a Buffalo taking tight end Dallas uh, Gogurt. I, I don't really know how to say that. Did you say Gogurt? Was that Dallas Gogurt? <laughs> Joe Dirt's brother or something? I don't know how to say that last name at all. But I do know that he's one of the better tight ends in the draft, and I hate Charles Clay. That's a little strong. Maybe not hate him, but he's just hes the most average of average tight ends. And uh, if they got... If they got Josh Allen coming in at 13, then what better way to give him a big, nice tight end target in the red zone? Uh, like I said, this is basically just my disdain for Charles Clay. I just want to see him out of Buffalo. And uh, I think giving Josh Allen a good uh, safety blanket and goader, I guess, is uh, the best way to do that. So now Josh is on the clock with the Washington Redskins pick. Via Buffalo at number 22, Josh. Honestly, when the Redskins were on the clock at 13, I would have considered this guy. Um, I think they need a little bit of safety help. Um, Bashad Breland and Josh Norman are a really good pair of corners on the outside. Um, but DJ Swearinger and I don't even know the other guy in the, on the back end on, of the safeties. So uh, Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama uh, is the guy I'm going to take here. 
Um, I think the training back and then still getting this guy that they would have considered at 13 is a real win for them. Uh, I think Ron, Ronnie Harrison's really a thumper. I think he can, can kind of come up and play in the middle, in the box, kind of like Landon Collins does in New York. I think with the question marks of Zach Brown and Mason Foster with their contracts and, and, and everything else that's going on there, I think that he really brings a dynamic to that defense that they'll be looking for. All right, and 23rd overall, the Los Angeles Rams are going to take Mike Hughes, cornerback out of the national champion University of Central Florida. Uh, I mean, at 23, how do you not pick a national champion when he fits your needs? Um, (laughs) I am all for the UCF national championship. Very legitimate. They got robbed uh, and definitely deserve it more than Alabama, which is uh, a questionable questionable, uh, academic institution. Um, which isn't biased at all. Uh, but anyways, uh, the Rams could have looked at offensive line there, but I do think they take the national champion, Mike Hughes, instead. <laughs> Eric, you're on the clock with 24. Yeah. So I had uh, the Panthers taking Arden Key with uh, the 24th pick. The Panthers, they could, they could definitely use a wide receiver here, but I feel like after those top two, it's not that the other guys are not worthy of the pick. They just don't strike me as type Panthers-type players. Uh, and they love their defensive ends. So, I mean, I think Arden Key fits there, or any defensive end fits there. I really would have liked to see uh, Hurst go there and stick him with Star Lutalili. And uh, they have another one there. But they love their defensive ends and defensive linemen in Carolina, so that just strikes me as a type of Carolina pick. Uh Josh, you're on the clock, 25 with the Tennessee Titans. All right, uh, uh, I'm gonna go Arbania Ogaronquo here. Wow, fantastic pronunciation. Amazing job. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, really, how do you replace a guy whose name starts and ends with O in Brian Rakpo, <laughs> with a guy whose name starts and ends with O in Arbania Ogaronquo? <laughs> yeah, I just said it again. That is that is a fantastic logic. That's yeah, great. <laughs> I think that uh, truly the, the Titans are looking for a little bit of a pass rush. Jarrell Casey is a monster um, on that right side of that, that defensive line, but you know he can only do so much by himself. Rackpo's getting old, and, and really the rest of that defensive line is, is a little bit lackluster in terms of their pass rush. So I think they upgrade that here. All right, I like that pick. We're going to keep the defensive line picks going here. Atlanta's going to take the big man, Vita Vey, uh, defensive tackle to help um, plug that rushing defense need here. Um, so I won't expand on that too much, but I think that's really going to help them out, um, replace some of the free agents they're going to lose on their defensive line. Eric, you're up 27. Yeah, I got the Saints taking Christian Kirk, wide receiver at Texas a and uh, This is basically... Uh, a pick that I just want to see happen. I want I want Christian Kirk to end up either with the Saints or the Patriots. I think he fits in perfectly with those two offenses. I think he has the potential. I told you guys he has the potential to be the Sterling Shepard of this draft. I think he could be even better. His route running is real crisp. Uh, just a perfect fit for the Saints. And Drew Brees, you know, it's it's interesting because he I know I know he had Michael Thomas, who's a baller, and I know he had Ted Ginn this year, who's a burner. 
But other than that, I, you know, they, the receiving options in New Orleans has kind of gone down the drain the past couple years since Jimmy Graham left, so I would like to see the Saints get a wide receiver in there. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock at 28. Josh, what do you got to pick? Josh, before you dig into that, you are our resident uh, rookie guy here at Top 2 Sports, so I know you you didn't love the Christian Kirk pick, so can you d- dig into a little bit more where you would put him wide receiver-wise and the wide receiver class in general? Well, uh, in this mock here, we got Kirk coming off the board as wide receiver three. Um, I like him more in the wide receiver six or seven range. I'd be much more comfortable picking him. Um late second round and late first, but I don't think he'll be there. Um, I think he's had a good offseason. I think he had a really good season last year. I think that he'll go late first, early second, right where we've got him. But like I said, I'd be more comfortable picking him a little later. I just think that he's he's really a slot guy, and you know that shouldn't, that shouldn't scare me off of him, but there's so many wide receiver one type guys in this, in this draft class, and Auden Tate, Corlin Sutton, you know, some of these big bodies that really have the ability to, to be a game changer in ways that, you know, smaller guys can't do. I think that it's a case of almost the the wide receivers can make the quarterback. I don't think Kirk can do that. I think he needs a Drew Brees. He needs a Tom Brady to be that really strong receiver. I think that, you know, Sutton or Tate or some of these other guys could really perform well with a Joe Flacco, you know, who is – Hashtag not elite. Ooh, he said it. Uh, he brought it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe Flacco or, uh, or Blake Bortles. Or these are the kind of receivers that can play with those guys, and I, I, I like picking those guys higher, but that's just me. Eric, who do you think is a more elite quarterback, Joe Flacco or Tom Brady? <laughs> I'm not even going to pay attention to that question that you just asked. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, Josh. I'll let you actually get to your pick here. All right, so the Steelers are on the clock, and, you know, we know the Steelers are really good at picking wide receivers. Um, They're also really good at picking linebackers. Uh, T.J. Watt in the first round last year is a great example of that. I love that pick for them, and I think he's performed really well. Um, They're going to go to the interior of the the linebacking core this time, go with Rashawn Evans at Alabama. Um, Great leader, great... um, Great, great guy in the middle of that defense. With Lawrence Timmons gone, I think they really felt that this year. I think that defense took a step back. Um, I think that they could use, and, and James Harrison leaving as well. I think they could use another, um, another guy to kind of step in in the middle of that defense, really take a leadership role. I think Evans and Watt, the combination of those two, can really be the be the youth movement on that defense. All right, and this is actually going to be my final pick here because we switched it up a little bit to let Eric pick uh, the Patriots um, since we both got to pick our teams. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take an offensive tackle, Mike McGlinchey, um, out of Notre Dame because they're going to need a big 6'7", 310-pound tackle to protect Blake Bortles, who is going nowhere, people. Blake Bortles will be a Jaguar. He's a good quarterback. Just let it be. Also, you should draft him on your fantasy team, but we will get into that later on. Oh, boy, you need to calm down. <laughs> I'm with you. Love Blake Bortles. See? Blake Bortles. Man, we need to have Josh on the show more often so that I can get some Blake Bortles support. It's not that I don't like him. I definitely think he'll stay in Jacksonville. Drafting him on the fantasy team, 
Pump the brakes. Well, not your starter. He's your QB two. He goes first. All right. If he doesn't have Allen Robertson, then I don't. Super flex. Super flex. He's got Keelan Cole, baby. Yeah, come on. He does have Keelan Cole. You like Keelan Cole? All right, Eric. Uh, we'll let you get to your pick here. Thirtieth overall. We're we're starting to round out the first round here. Minnesota Vikings. This is an embarrassment of Rich's pick because the Vikings defense is stacked. They, you know, looking at the Vikings roster, they actually have a phenomenal roster. Like Mike Zimmer has done an amazing job there. I have them taking Dorian O'Daniel, outside linebacker from Clemson. He's one of the best defenses in the nation. He is a stud. I like Dorian O'Daniel a lot. I don't know what it is about him. I, just, I this guy just this guy just screams at me. And to have him go to the Vikings, I think they'll employ him correctly. I think that's a good landing spot for him. Uh, now, should I go? Yes, uh, you do. You have back-to-back picks now. All right, so unfortunately, the Patriots have the third first pick, not the third second pick. And, uh, you know, after last night, this feels pretty apt. Uh, I have taken Joshua Jackson, corner. Why? It's nothing to do with Jackson. It's because Malcolm Butler will pull the disappearing act. Don't know where he's going, but he's not going to New England. Uh, Josh, he should go to Indianapolis, just saying. But I I just see if, the, if Butler's gone, I don't trust Eric Rowe. Uh, they're back in. I, I see them taking a corner and getting some depth at a position of need. And now I'll let Josh pick the final pick. Right the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. Oh, that must have hurt. Big man, big man. Yeah. That was yeah. You made a hug. Um, <laughs> I will say I love that pick. Um, Jackson is my favorite corner in this class. Everybody likes Ward, but I think Jackson's probably, for me, uh, the cleaner and the, the, the stronger corner. Um, for the Eagles, um, got to go defensive side of the ball after that game last night. Goodness gracious. They set a record for yards in a regular season or postseason game. Unbelievable. Um, Marcus Allen, safety out of Penn State. Um, I really like Malcolm Jenkins. That guy's a monster. But I think Allen kind of fills that other side of the safety, safety role. Uh, Jenkins likes to play a little closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, kind of get your nose in there, play a little, get your hands dirty. I think Allen is, is better at playing a little further off the line, um, plays a little more center field. I think he really uh, kind of complements Jenkins well. All right, so that is going to finish up our first our first round NFL mock draft. Uh, before we close this up, guys, is there one player uh, that we didn't mention today that you're just looking forward to seeing how they progress in the league, just excited for where they get drafted? So, yeah, for me, it's uh, Shaquem Griffin. Uh, I really just – his story enamors me. I mean, how do you, how do you have one hand play in the NFL? Uh, just I – they did a piece on him for ESPN, and it's just—it's a heartwarming story. Uh, and and he balls. He plays really well. So I really—I'm going to be watching where he wants to go. And Eric, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't he a national champion? <laughs> I guess he is. I guess he is a part of that UCF national championship team. <laughs> Josh, you got anyone? Oh, I have so many. We don't have time for them all. Um, <laughs> My favorite player in this draft is Kalen Balage. Um, I love the the athleticism that he has. I think that he looks the part of an NFL player. Um, I think he's got the the 
some of the tape to prove it. He's very inconsistent. I really hope that he gets in a good landing spot and gets gets a good shot at, at succeeding. All right. For me, it's John Kelly, running back at a, the University of Tennessee. Um, so a little biased here because I am a Vol, but um, – the way that John John Kelly's pure raw skill is fantastic. The reason that he didn't get nearly the hype that he should have um, is because he was absolutely wasted in a terrible Butch Jones offense that didn't know how to use a running back. So uh, I'm not going to say Kamara because that would be a lazy comparison here. University of Tennessee underrated running back coming out. But I will say that you got to keep an eye on this guy. Um, I think that if he falls to a, a strong team late in the late rounds, he could really come through as an impact player. Um, I'm looking at a team like Carolina where he could complement uh, Christian McCaffrey as that more um, kind of through the uh, in between the tackles kind of guy. Um, so with that said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Um, and of course, you can catch um, Josh's work here on top2sports.com. And he's also with the Dynasty Dorks. So Josh, any parting thoughts for us? Well, thanks for having me on. I had a lot of fun doing this draft. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have to do a, at least one more of these before the before the real thing, because it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, many more to come, for sure. All right, and so before I leave us with the uh, Eric's inspiring quote, I want to remind everybody to follow us on Twitter, at Top2Sports, at Top2Pod, at Top2Matt, at Top2Eric, and jpaget 94 uh, Also, please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. Um, fun fact... 93% of our listeners have subscribed to the podcast. So if you want to be a part of the 93%, this is your opportunity. Also, if you're a corporate sponsor, this is also your opportunity. <laughs> All right, Eric, finish this up strong. Give it, give the people something motivating. Man, I didn't even mean to do this. The, the quote popped into my head, and I'm like, oh, who says this? Oh, Rocky. That's good. So... Uh, my quote to leave us off is, it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward, that's how winning is done. Rocky Balboa, didn't even mean to do that, just popped into my head, because that's how I'm feeling as a Patriots fan today, and typical that it's coming from a Philadelphia legend. I love the irony. Thanks for joining us, everybody.